And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard, episode number 372. We're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome to the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin. And uh, yeah, so happy spring, uh, beautiful springtime weather that we've been having and people wanting to be out and about and going out and about. So it's a little hairy, a little precarious, but you know, I live next to a, a Chicago City Park, not not a real big one, but you know, it is a nice little park and when it is warm out like it is today, there are a lot of people out and about and you know, playing Pokemon and you know, I yes, I've been sucked into the Pokemon Go cult too. But anyway, uh, there are a lot of people around and I am always careful or try to be careful to wear my mask. And I wanted to shout out a big thank you to uh, Walt Grogan. I'm not sure if he still listens to the podcast or not. I know he used to, but I'm not sure if he still does. But anyway, thanks, Wally, for uh, sending the masks and uh, really do uh, wear it when I'm out and about. I have a beautiful Thor mask. Uh, So I have a a Journey into Mystery cover over my mouth and and, uh, and nose. So yeah, it's a it's a really nice mask and I do wear it all the time when I go outside. So before we get started today, I just wanted to read a piece of feedback that we had over on the Facebook group. And this is a note from Manuel Carmona, who's a longtime regular listener to the show. And this is in regards to our last episode where we cover the uh, final part of the Unworthy Thor. Uh, Listen to the last episode, and it was exactly what I expected, an unnecessary long story with a disappointing ending. I haven't enjoyed a story by Jason Aaron since the God Butcher saga. Koipel's depiction of Thor is, in my humble opinion, the best ever. As for Thor being unworthy, for Odin's sake, how many times are they going to tell the same damn story? I'd like to know the same thing, Manuel. Thor is worthy, then he's not, then he's worthy again, then he's not again. Enough already. There are so many stories they could tell, so many characters they could use, and they resort to the same tropes over and over again. I don't follow new Thor comics regularly after the whole Jane Foster fiasco, and your review of this ending pretty much sums up my experience reading Thor nowadays. Let's pray to Odin that they take Aaron off Thor and bring him a writer that can show the characters some reverence. Until then, for Asgard! And that was from Manuel. Um, I believe that Jason Aaron is already off the book. But I'm not sure that what they're doing in the book is any better. <laughs> I mean, um, my understanding is that Thor is now the Herald of Galactus. At least that's how that series started. Um, but maybe there's an interesting story there. I don't know. We'll be covering it eventually, so who knows. But uh, it is uh, something that eventually I'll check out. Again, you know, I'm not collecting monthly issues either. I wait till things are in trade or sometimes I'm able to, to read them through other means. It is kind of disappointing and, and the lack of respect of Thor and the Marvel Cinematic Universe too is another kind of pet peeve that we've probably talked about ad nauseum on the show. But anyway, thanks, uh, Manuel, for the feedback. We always appreciate feedback. And if you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. 
And you can also, like Manuel, uh, post feedback in the Facebook group, and I will read it from there. All right, so we are going back into the past again, uh, shifting gears and going to an era of Thor that we haven't covered since 2018. Yeah, it's it's uh, been a while, but you know things go a little slower because yeah we're only every two weeks but anyway uh we are covering the mighty thor number 401 right after this sound cue cross the rainbow bridge of asgard where the booming heaven roared you behold in breathless wonder And yes, indeed, it is The Mighty Thor, number 401. Came out in March of 1989. Cover price, 75 cents. Cover artist is Rich Yanizeski, inked by Al Milgram. Uh, it shows Thor, and he's got sort of a man purse or messenger bag, I guess is probably closer. Uh, and he's carrying it, and he's got a sword in his hand rather than a hammer. And there's a purple magenta dragon kind of rearing back and breathing fire onto him. And it's uh, got a blurb. It's this Thor versus the evil of Loki. And there's a ghostly figure of Loki kind of lurking in the background. Will Thor survive the wager? And yes, this is a fill-in story, and it doesn't have the the normal art team or writing team for this issue. It's obviously was an inventory story that they had to slot in somewhere. So, well, we'll get we'll get to that at the end. Anyway, so Stanley presents the Mighty Thor in the Wager. A century to a mortal is but a year to the gods, and so our story becomes 1,000 years past, with the youthful Thor and his closest companions enjoying some indoor sport. And we have uh, the Warriors 3 and Balder and Thor, and they are playing some sort of dice game, and there's little piles of gold and uh, many tankards laying around, some of which have foam in them, some of which don't. And uh, it looks like uh, all of them, except for Hogan, are actually playing the game. And Hogan is kind of glowering in the background, as he always does. And we have a very Santa Claus-looking Volstagg in the, in the uh, foreground. And he's going, I bet three pieces of gold, valiant comrades. Ha, says Balder. Thou dost threaten to clean us out with such a reckless wager. Mayhap Grim Hogan would join our wild gambling spree were he not afraid of Volstagg's cutthroat betting. Tis not a bet worthy of the Lion of Asgard, says Thor. Thou dost bet more like a cringing mortal every day, voluminous one. And we have the credits. Randall Friends is the writer. Not normally the writer here. Rich Yanizeski, penciler. Hector Colazzo did the inks. Ken Lopez did the letters. Evelyn Stein did the colors. Ralph Macchio was the editor. And Tom DeFalco was the editor-in-chief. Something makes me think that this was like a tryout issue for, for aspiring uh, comics professionals. We get a uh, voice coming from beyond the, the party. And we see that they're in some kind of a, a pub or bar or some, some such nature. And we have a voice... Ha <laughs> Thine arrogance is truly amusing, Odin's son. And it is, of course, is Loki. State thy purpose, brigand, says Thor. Truly, yon proprietor is accepting a lower class of customers, says Volstagg. My villainous half-brother Loki, thou darest mock the god of thunder? I so dare, says Loki. Thine attitude towards mortals betrays the depth of thine arrogance. 
Mortal life is hard and the elements unyielding. Humanity struggles against overwhelming odds and shows courage even in the face of certain death. I doubt that even the vaunted Thunder God could show such courage without his godly powers to bolster his arrogance. Loki, you know well that mortals are a cowardly lot, constantly begging and whining to the gods to spare their miserable lives. Thor has not in common with such as they. My courage is bolstered by my own right arm. Powers are no. Wouldst thou carest to make a wager? Says Loki, and Thor looks shocked by that. And uh, he's looking back at his uh, companions here, and he's thinking to himself, Loki has tricked me yet again. If I refuse the wager, I will lose face with my friends and fellow warriors. However, I know Loki hath some base treachery planned against me if I accept. And Baldur says, Come now, friend Thor. Surely the Odin son is more noble and courageous than any mortal, even stripped of every ounce of thy strength. And uh, Hogan is thinking to himself, I like this not. The Thunder God is letting his arrogance rule the day. Truly he steps right into Loki's trap. Maybe the noble Balder will be less certain when my proposal is heard, says Loki. Speak on, scheming one, says Thor. The god of thunder will go to Midgard, stripped of his powers, and join an expedition to the new world. He will have Mjolnir with him, but will be forbidden its use. Shouldst thou use thy powers under any circumstances, the wager will be forfeit, and thou wilt agree to exile thyself to Midgard forever, abdicating thy claim to the rulership of Asgard. If I lose, I shall exile myself to Jotunheim, likewise forever." What say the arrogant one? Art thou a god, or merely a bag of hot air? And Loki pokes Thor in the chest with his finger, and uh, Thor doesn't like that. He says, Have care, insolent one. I will not tolerate insults from such as thee. I will take thy wager, and as always, I will prevail. And, uh, yeah, so Thor goes uh, stalking off with his friends, leaving Loki there, kind of grinning in the background. And Hogan is thinking, Loki is little more than a scheming viper. I fear the noble thunder god may have exercised poor judgment. And Loki is thinking to himself, Beware, thunder god, your doom is assured. Come, friend, says Thor, attend me whilst I prepare for my journey to Midgard. And Fandral pipes up, We shall soon drink to victory, friends. And we shift scenes, and we are on Earth in a fishing village in Norway, about uh, 1000 A.D. at the local inn, and there are uh, you know, Vikings, and they're just kind of sitting around and scrapping, and we have uh, you know people there, and uh, uh, Thor shows up, but but we, well, we've got this sort of barroom antics going on. Come, brave warriors! Surely there is one egg amongst you with the courage to dare the new world. What's in it for us? Treasure. Vast treasure. I've got room for but one more brave warrior. And everyone's thinking, treasure, treasure. And they come forward. Take me for enough booty. I'll dare anything. No, he'll take me, you cowardly dog. And it looks like they're going to fight over it. And there's a voice from beyond. Hold, fools, stand aside. And they're like, what? And it is Thor. And he is dressed in a superhero costume, as opposed to the Viking clothes that everyone else is wearing. So, actually, they, some of them might kind of look like they're wearing superhero clothes, too, which is very odd, you know, because you don't get the sense that Vikings in the, you know, what, 10th century, 11th century uh, wore superhero costumes. But okay, make way. 
I'm the only warrior here worthy of the name, and I will have that last berth, says Thor. And the captain is impressed by him, and, and he says, Captain, I offer my services as a member of your crew. And he, Thor is obviously, he's like bigger than most people, so he's kind of towering above everyone. And uh, the captain says, I'm glad I am to have one of your stature, son. By what name are ye called? Sigurd, says Thor. And we shift to Loki, who is spying on everything that's going on and you know, using uh, astral projection to kind of spy. And he sees that uh, there's an Atlantean outpost in the bottom of the ocean and uh, kind of goes down there and he's thinking, uh, this will be perfect. That fool of a thunder god will never escape this time, he says out loud. And he casts a spell to set deadly traps for Thor and the Viking expedition. And uh, yeah, he's using a mouse or a rat or something. I'm not really sure what's going on. But anyway, he casts some kind of spells. And uh, we shift scenes and we are in the Viking longboats as they progress towards the New World across the North Atlantic. And Thor is an oarsman and he's talking to the guy next to him. And the, the guy says, All the wind on this ship and none for the sails, eh, friend? I'm Baldric. How are you named? I am called Sigurd, says Thor. Were we to harness all the wind on this ship, the sails would surely tear us under. And the caption says, As the days go on, Baldric and Sigurd become fast friends and competitors as they work together and play together. And they show them working and they show them arm wrestling and everyone seems to be having generally a good time on the journey. And uh, Thor says, Come now, Baldric, yield to your better. No man is my better. I'll yield to no one, friend or foe. And it says, As time passes, the now mortal Thor gains respect for his new friend who matches him task for task. And they're carrying heavy things. Or Actually, what this big could they be carrying on a ship? It looks like it's a, they took a dolphin and wrapped it in, in canvas. <laughs> I don't know what it's supposed to be. Anyway, I don't think Viking ships had anything like this on board. But anyway, grow you weary yet, Baldric, says Thor. Nay, Sigurd, my muscles are about warming up. And then uh, we have uh, Loki, ghostly Loki in the clouds. And he's thinking to himself... Let the game begin, arrogant godling. And he summons up a sort of storm. The sailors are going, Look yonder, a storm is brewing. It gathers unnaturally fast. And it says, In minutes, the full fury of the storm is upon the expedition. And there's uh, Vikings in the water. And they're going, Help, help. And they call out for, for help from the gods. Oh, thunder god, we beseech thee, save us. Thor, help us. And it says, such is the storm's fury that two ships are lost and many men drowned. Others are rescued and pulled aboard the remaining ships. And of course, Thor is one of the ones who's not dead. And uh, Baldric is here as well. Why? Why have our gods deserted us? The blaze is with the gods, says Baldric. We must stand on our own feet like men, not grovel in the face of adversity. And Thor's thinking to himself, I could easily disperse this storm with but a fraction of my power and spare the lives of these brave men. No, I cannot. Should I use my Uru hammer to regain my powers, I'll forfeit the wager, and Loki will one day rule Asgard in my stead. And he's imagining Loki on the throne of Asgard. A horrible, horrible prospect. Loki and his accursed wagers, thinks Thor. Because of my pride, these men are dying, and I cannot undo it. I must think of Asgard and my duty to the Allfather first. And we... Shift scenes and says, after a seeming eternity in chaos, the winds cease and land is sighted. And they go, land ho! 
and there's a uh, like a promontory and there's looks like Aztec temples on it uh, or castles of some kind. I mean, they're not they don't really look like Aztec or Incan buildings, but I guess that's what they're supposed to be. Anyway, uh, so the Vikings go ashore and uh, Thor is among them. Ruins, fairly advanced by the look of them, says Thor. I wonder who could have built such magnificent dwellings. And Baldrick says, Legends speak of a vanished race who lived long ago. Perhaps this is one of their cities. And the captain says, Since you two are so interested, you can lead a contingent to check out the ruins. Aye, perhaps now we'll find some of the treasure we were promised, says Baldrick. And he's wearing a uh, very stereotypical sort of Viking helmet with little horns on the front. Actually, it, it kind of harkens to Loki's helmet a little bit. But anyway, um, so then we shift scenes and we are back in Asgard over the Rainbow Bridge. And we see Odin in his uh, throne room. And he is talking to the Warriors Three and Balder. I guess he's being filled in by uh, everything that's going on by Fandral. And Fandral says, And so goes the story, my liege. Even now thy noble son battles for his life as a mortal. Loki is sequestered in his chambers, and we suspect him of violating the terms of the wager. Give us leave, all father, says Balder, and we will join our prince in Midgard and fight at his side. I say thee nay, says Odin. In his prideful arrogance, my son has not only endangered himself, but the future of the realm eternal as well. Be gone, loyal warriors. My son has sown the wind, and he will reap the whirlwind. Thou art forbidden to interfere. And he sends the four of them away. And we shift back to Earth, where Thor, a.k.a. Sigurd, is leading a little contingent of Vikings to the ruins. Forward, men, says Thor. Let us find whatever adventure awaits. Let us not forget the treasure, eh, Sigurd? This Sigurd leads like a warrior born. And says, the Vikings follow the winding corridor ever downward with only the sputtering torches between them and total darkness. And it's a really big building, apparently. I like this not, says Thor. We have been walking the better part of an hour and have not come across anything except a strange writing. We came not to read signs, friend Sigurd, but to find wealth and treasure. All I've gotten so far are aching bones from the dampness and a case of the chills. And says suddenly, there's a scratching noise, uh, and uh, he's like, what is that infernal noise? It sounds like rats, says Thor, large ones. And they go into a little room, and there are weapons and things in the room. And they uh, say, the corridor opens into a small room. Perhaps tis that echo that makes the rats sound so large. And uh, Thor's thinking to himself, aye, and I'm a storm giant from Jotunheim. And at that very moment, a door, sliding door, comes crashing down and locking everybody out of the room except for just a handful of men. And Thor speaks the obvious. The door! It closes behind us, separating us from our comrades. What the? And one of the, the guys is like, I hate being the harbinger of bad news, but we are not alone in here. Aye, and whatever it is, it's coming closer, says Baldrick. Stand ready, comrades, says Thor. We have nowhere to go but forward. And one of the other Vikings is thinking, who would take a mountain of treasure to make this worthwhile? And we see rats encroaching on them going squeak, squeak. And they are giant rats. They are very large. They are the size of, of very large dogs. And uh, the, the, uh, the Vikings are like, rats, giant rats. Spread out and move forward together, says Thor. If the vermin surround us, we're doomed, doomed. 
Friend Sigurd, your talent for understatement is truly unnerving, says Baldrick. Surely no treasure is worth this, says one of the Vikings. And they are attacking, and the, uh, the, the Vikings are trying to defend themselves against these giant rats. Back, filthy creature, says Thor. By Asgard, I'll not be a rodent's dinner this day. And he's slashing him up with his sword. And we see the rats are taking down some of the men. And they're going, aye. And uh, Baldrick is fighting the, the rats as well. And, and he's in danger. Thor says, Baldrick, behind you, look out. And a rat chomps uh, on Baldrick's arm, or at least on his armor. It's, it's hard to tell if he actually broke through the armor. But uh, anyway, they close in on Baldrick, and he's like, Curse you, vermin! You'll not find me an easy kill. And Thor's like, Baldrick, I'll not stand and watch such valiant warriors meet their end. And he kind of reaches for the hammer, says knowing he can put an end to the slaughter in seconds, but remembers the wager and decides to fight like a man. And he goes leaping forward, and he, he knocks the, uh, the rats off of Baldrick with his uh, bare hands. And he's like, Away, vermin! You'll not feast on a warrior as noble as Baldrick while Th- er, Sigurd lives. And he uh, grabs Sigurd and uh, uh, you can see that Sigurd is kind of scratched up. And he's like, Baldrick, how fare ye, my friend? Not too badly, all things considered. Those rats were getting a bit too intimate for my taste. And it doesn't look like he's too seriously hurt. Anyway, uh, uh, Thor sees that there's water dripping from the ceiling. And he's like, not dripping water. There must be a cistern above us. The centuries have eroded the mortar and the stones are loosening. If I can just get a finger hold and he, he's grabbing at the stones and pulling on them and, and Baldrick quite, quite uh, naturally is saying, Sigurd, have you gone daft? What are you doing? I'm trying to save your stubborn backside and mayhap my own in the bargain. And it says Thor's vice-like fingers find a tenuous hold on the crumbling stone as he mouths a silent prayer to the All-Father. And he is just kind of loosens the stone and uh, you see more and more water coming down and uh, Baldrick is like Sigurd hurry I've no desire to become rat food and uh, Thor is struggling with a rock because he doesn't have his Asgardian powers obviously and uh, he's thinking to himself they're almost on us just one more second and then he heaves the rock out and he pulls the stone down and it, it smashes the a rat that's encroaching on him directly goes crunch and there's tons of water just pouring down into this room, and it is washing away the rats, though apparently not washing away the people, which is kind of weird. Uh, I'm, I'm corrected here by the, by the caption. It says, the magically altered rats disintegrate into clouds of rancid vapor. So, okay, so they're just dissolving. They're like Alka-Seltzer or something. Odin's beard, says Thor. And uh, the, the waters kind of uh, subside a little bit after the water runs out. And uh, they're collecting everybody. And one of the Vikings like, How fair thee, Baldrick? A good deal cleaner than I'd like to be, but otherwise fine. Where is Sigurd? And uh, Thor is uh, collecting his bag, uh, which I guess he got separated from. And uh, he's like, Here, friends, I had but to locate my pouch. Will you forget the blasted pouch and help us with the wounded? Baldrick is thinking to himself, I wonder why that pouch is so important to him. We shift to uh, another room, and this is a few minutes later, and the uh, Vikings are all kind of laying out, and the injured ones are being cared for, and uh, Thor is ordering people around. Johansson here will stay here with the wounded while we search for a way out of here, and he's talking to Baldrick. Let's press on then, says Baldrick. I have an eerie feeling about this place. 
If we hope to find our way out, should we not be heading upward? And as they go down a winding staircase, Thor says, We have no other choice. The way back is barred. We can only hope that we soon find a passage that will lead to the surface. Look here, a chamber of some sort, says Baldrick. And they walk in there, and it is a uh, burial chamber, and it's full of mummies, uh, very sort of Egyptian-looking mummies, which is strange because they're supposed to be in the New World. Very, very weird. Twin appear to be some kind of mass burial chamber, says Thor. But for whom? I care not, says Baldrick. My interest is in treasure, and it looks like we may be able to find some here. Perhaps a closer inspection will provide a clue as to where the treasure may be hidden. He's looking at the mummy, and he's, he's got a torch in his hand, and the mummy comes alive with it when he has his back turned. And Baldrick is saying, I'm glad my mummy wasn't this ugly, or I'd doubtless be a lot meaner than I am. No sign of any valuables, and he says that, and the mummy attacks him, gets him in a chokehold from behind. He's like, what the? And the mummy's going, grrr. Hod's blood, they live, they live, says one of the Vikings. By Hela, alive or no, we'll dispatch them back to the pit that spawned them, says Thor. And the mummies are encroaching on them, and Baldrick is saying, from where I sit, that may be easier said than done. And a battle ensues, and the Vikings are fighting the mummies, and they are, you know, managing to smash them up a little bit, and um, you know, one, of the, one of the Vikings is saying, these warriors move as slowly as dead men. Ah, oh, but they make good sport even so, says Baldrick. Warriors have to keep in fighting trim somehow. Back, brigand from the pit, says Thor. Your blade will not taste living flesh this day. Oh, so some of the mummies actually have weapons, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but okay, it's a comic. Anyway, Thor's uh, fighting them, and then all of a sudden, they, the mummies start to dissolve as they get knocked down, and Thor's like, what foul magic is this? The defeated mummies turn to dust. And then uh, says tragedy strikes, and it looks like one of the, the Vikings is struck from behind by a mummy with a spear, and he goes, Arg! They're trying to protect their wounded comrade, and he's, um, yeah, the mummies are still attacking, and Baldrick says, Have a care, men. These devils have only been toying with us. And they're moving closer and closer, and Baldrick is fighting valiantly. This sport is fast getting tiring. It seems that for every one I defeat, there are two more to take its place. Take heart, says Thor. It could be worse. They could be skilled warriors. And uh, you know, they're obviously not finding it very difficult to kill these things, but there's a lot of them. Aye, Sigurd, says one of the Vikings. But what they lack in skill, they make up for in persistence. Prepare to die again, evil spawn of Hela, says, <laughs> says Baldric, as he uh, cuts one of the mummies in half lengthwise with a scritch. And... Um, Thor is attending uh, to the wounded, uh, wounded Viking, and uh, he says, Baldric, our comrade is coming around. He appears to be all right. And uh, Baldric is distracted by this, and uh, he's like, good man, can you fight? And uh, there's a mummy encroaching on him from behind with a shiny knife, and Thor's like, Baldric, look out. And he is slain by the mummy, or he's stabbed in the back by the mummy, and uh, the mummy says, Die! And Thor's like, Oh, father, no! Away, vile creatures! You'll not keep me from my friend. And he's throwing all the mummies around, and they are turning into powder. And Thor rushes towards his, his boyfriend, or, I mean, his companion, 
And he says, cover my back while I tend to Baldrick. He's telling the other Vikings, but it is too late and uh, Baldrick is dying. And he says, grieve not, Sigurd. You can have my share of the treasure. And he goes, and uh, Thor's like, Baldrick, wake up. You cannot die. You are a warrior born. No! As he realizes that Baldrick is dead. And there's some sort of weird Kirby crackle coming off of Thor. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's literal. I think it's just figurative uh, grief crackle coming off of him because he's not like shooting lightning or anything. And um, so Thor picks up Baldrick's sword and he just plows his way through a whole bunch of these mummies. And the Vikings are going, yeah, for Baldrick. And this is for my aching back, says one of them. And he's killing mummies too. And Loki is, is looking on in astral form to all this. And he's thinking to himself, a curse on them. They are defeating my warriors. I will be forced to take more drastic measures. And there's a, some sort of a little lizard in here uh, hiding in the corner or something. And Loki shoots magic rays out of his eyes and makes this lizard into a monster. And he says, there, a small lizard, a simple spell of transformation, and it shall serve me well. And he turns it into a big old dragon like we saw on the cover. And it's going, rawr. And the Vikings are like, by the gods, a dragon. And Thor's thinking to himself, these dragons are extinct, except in Jotunheim. This could only be the work of my evil half-brother, Loki. And he reaches into his uh, pouch, and he grabs the hammer out of his pouch, and he holds it up, and he says out loud, Loki, you have violated the terms of the wager and thus released me from my oath. And he bangs his hammer on the ground once to uh, become Thor, which is strange because he already was Thor, but I guess this is sort of a predecessor to the Don Blake kind of thing. So it makes it, that, that kind of makes sense. And he uh, you know, turns into our normal, our normal hero, Thor, and he um, is talking to the dragon here. Prepare thyself to be smitten, dragon. And he goes against the dragon, and the dragon whaps him aside with his tail, and in a kind of very Hercules cartoon kind of way. <laughs> it's a little bit, uh, yeah, Saturday morning cartoonish there. Do thy worst, fiery one, says Thor. Thou canst not defeat the god of thunder, but the dragon breathes fire on him, and uh, that's all deflected by, by the hammer. And the Vikings are like, look, he commands the very lightning. Surely he must be the god of thunder. So they figured him out. I have little patience for the like of thee, monster, says Thor. I shall end thy threat. And likewise, deal with the god of evil that didst create thee. And Thor smashes the ground underneath the dragon and all the mummies and the dragon, apparently not the people, though, go falling down into this big crevice with a kablam and a rar. And uh, yeah, everyone goes toppling down into the, um, into the hole. And uh, Thor looks around and he, he notices that all the Vikings are down on the ground bowing to him, worshiping him. Yeah, because he's a god. By the All-Father, what art thou doing? Oh, mighty Thor, you have answered our prayers. Forgive us, mighty one, for not recognizing you sooner. And why did you let our friends die? Arise, my friends. Bow not before me. Thy courage and nobility hath earned thee the right to stand as my equals. Now I must find Loki. He has caused much death and destruction this day, and must pay for his crimes. By Odin, this shall not go unpunished. And we shift scenes, and we are in uh, Asgard, and we see 
Uh, Odin there, and he's changed his clothes, take a drink. And Loki is also there with him. And the caption says, minutes later in the majestic hall of Odin, Loki, prepare thyself, says Thor as he goes bursting through the door and he grabs Loki and picks him up by, by his neck. And he says, there shall be a reckoning. Thou shalt join thy daughter in hell. And Odin grabs Thor's hand before he can smash Loki in the face with it. And he's like, hold, stay thy hand, thunder god. Father, what means this, says Thor. Thou art as much to blame as Loki. Thou didst foolishly jeopardize thyself and the future of the realm eternal for the sake of a cursed wager. Truly, thy pride and arrogance are as much a cause of the events of this day as Loki's dishonorable behavior. The old father speaks truly, my brother, says Loki, looking all too delighted about that. None force thee to accept the terms of my wager. And what of the mortals? They showed nobility and courage equal of thine own. And Thor just kind of looks at Loki, sneering at him, and he gets all angry, and then he just drops him on the floor with a whoomp. As always, father, says Thor, thy words are wisdom itself. Thou art spared this time, Loki, but be warned, I shall not trifle with thee in the future. Thor then turns to talk to Odin. Loki shames me, father. He is right. I found mortals to be possessed with a great courage and tenacity, even in the face of Hela herself. They are worthy of our respect and protection. The seed of godhood grows within their bosom and must be nurtured. Thou hast earned a great lesson, my son. The behavior of a god has far-reaching effects even on Midgard. Thou shouldst always consider thine actions with utmost care. And uh, Loki, in the meantime, has decided to, uh, to bugger off, and he's flying off in, in a kind of misty form. Ha ha ha! Fare thee well, arrogant one. When next we meet, thou shalt learn a more bitter lesson. And we have a little uh, epilogue here. Um, Thor and Odin are standing there. Odin looking very Santa Clausy here in this panel, but he doesn't have any dialogue for me to make fun of. So uh, Thor's dialogue at the end, we, we see Baldric and he's in Valhalla and he's on a, the big black horse and there's a bunch of other warriors with him. Surely a soul as noble and courageous as Baldric is even now enjoying the fruits of his valor in Valhalla, where the feasting never ceases and the treasure is without limit. I don't think Valhalla has treasure, but anyway. Rest easy, my friend, and know that this day you've earned the admiration of the gods. For us, the end. For Baldric, a new beginning. Does that mean we're going to see Baldric in a future episode? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that is The Mighty Thor, number 401, and we'll be talking all about this after this message from one of our friends. Hi, I'm Josiah. And I'm Mike. And we're the host of How Star Wars Is It? It's a podcast where we rate and review things like movies. But not of how good or bad they are. Yeah, no, how Star Wars they are. And what does that mean, you might ask? It's a little something like this. If Star Wars was Everybody Loves Raymond, this is King of Queens. If Chris Farley was still around. Yeah, Kevin James wouldn't exist. I have a game. It is called Sebulba. <laughs> Or Bulbasaur. 
Yeah, when he was a Palpatine. Do we have like an animated show that we could pitch? The Emperor and, and his it takes Palpatine. Place at Count Dooku is around his age, plus yeah, or minus like, a decade. Maybe like Count Dooku. That's really funny. <laughs> if that sounded good, or Star Wars, then check us out on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts at How Star Wars Is It? And like we always say, may, may the, the fourth be with you. you. And we're back. And of course, we are going to talk about this issue just a little bit like we always do. So, yeah, it's obviously a fill-in story. And it's obviously a tryout story of some type for you know, these various people. And, um, yeah, so I don't want to judge it too harshly because these are not seasoned comics professionals who are writing and drawing this. So I'm going to kind of cut them some slack here. I will say that it's a very by-the-numbers story, but I think that for all of that, it's reasonably well-written. The writer has a pretty good sense of dialogue, and the, the, the dialogue is not too clunky. There's some places where, where it is a little bit, but, but not, overall not too bad. I mean, it's a good, good kind of first crack at a professional job by Randall Friends here on the writing. The plot okay, it's kind of hackneyed. It has kind of been done before, better elsewhere, but not too bad. Um, I have to wonder about some of the decisions that were made here editorially as far as this issue goes. There are some, I guess, some, some questionable ideas here. And, you know, we have the, you know, the, this group of Vikings, they're coming out of, of Norway or wherever the hell they are, and they're going to the New World, which apparently has these huge temples of the lost race or whatever. It's not really explained or even hinted at an explanation of what's going on there. There's also the whole, the whole nature of Loki and that Atlantean temple setting traps so I guess that means it's growing the various animals. But we saw in the story that Loki was kind of doing that directly. So we had you know, Loki you know, making that the, the lizard into the dragon and all of that. So if that was part of the traps of the you know, Atlantean temple, then why even bother putting that in there? Uh, so yeah, uh, the other thing is the, the uh, reaction that the Vikings have when they find out that Sigurd is really Thor is like like I kind of intimated a little bit, it's like, why did you let our friends die then if you're Thor and all these people who drowned on the way here and then all the people who got killed before you revealed yourself? You know, it's like, why did you let our friends die, you asshole? Um, so yeah, there's that kind of plot hole and that's kind of all I have to say about the writing. It's not brilliant, but it's okay for, like I said, for a tryout. And, you know, maybe it shouldn't have been published, but, you know, inventory stories in this era, they're of variable quality as inventory stories often are. Um, the art is somewhat better, and it's not consistently fantastic, but it's definitely better than some other art that we've seen. We have a a look that it is sort of classic Marvel. This artist actually does pretty good Kirby crackle, um, which is, it's really hard to do, but uh, they do kind of, it reminds me a little bit of early Keith Pollard, but it's not very polished. The it's obviously, you know, a fan artist and there are some things that should never have been accepted by, by the editors. There's some, some, uh, anatomy uh there's a particular image of loki here at the very last page where 
with Thor's dropping him on the ground and, and his feet are worse than anything that, that Rob Liefeld has ever drawn. And, you know, with his weird paddle feet, these are really, really bad. There's also, looks like uh, when Thor was ashamed and he was talking about, you know, the courage of the mortals, that he was supposed to have his eyes closed. He was sort of like, okay, I'm, I've got my eyes closed. I'm ashamed of myself. But somebody has altered those closed eyes to be open, and it looks really stupid. I mean, it, it, it looks exactly like what I described. It's somebody drew little pupils in, in Thor's eyelids, and it, and it looks really bad. But I will say that the action sequences, you know, they're not bad. You, when you have the confrontation between Loki and, and Thor on the second to last page and Thor's got his, you know, hand around uh, Loki and then uh, Odin grabs Thor's fist. That's really well done. That's a nice little piece of storytelling there. We have a a scene where, uh, or a panel where Thor has Loki grinning and it's reflected in his helmet and that's kind of cool in itself. I mean, that's kind of neat. I think that the, uh, yeah, I said the artist style reminds me a little bit of early Keith Pollard. I, I also see some uh, Steve Lytle in there, but uh, it is kind of kind of cool, the, uh, you know, some of the, the art. Actually, it, it also reminds me a bit of Scott Collins. You know, so, so there actually is some, you know, some talent here. And the, the mummies look cool. They look very typical comic book mummy as opposed to real mummies. They don't look anything like real mummies. It's more like, uh, like I said, like Scooby-Doo villains or maybe, like I said, um, you know, like Hercules, the cartoon villains. The dragon is definitely like right out of the Mighty Hercules cartoon. The Viking costumes are superhero outfits or Asgardian god outfits. They're not Viking outfits. And that's a mistake that that nobody would ever make today. Nobody would ever portray a, a you know an 11th century Viking with this kind of clothing, because you know they have like pirate boots and they have you know the shorts over their pants and you know it's 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 very superhero-y and not very Viking-y. But I don't know if that was what they were told to do by the artist. Maybe they said come up with some designs and. And maybe the editor, you know, thought, okay, well, these are going to be Asgardian warriors, not Viking warriors, and and that would be okay. But instead, it just kind of comes across as, okay, well, this is a comic, so you have to wear a superhero outfit, you know that. So yeah, um, but they're, they're like, there's good points and bad points to it. I think as a fill-in issue, it's it's okay. It's not as good as what we have coming up in the next few issues. We're back to the regular team next time. We're going to be covering a, a basically a long story arc of, of this book uh, because we haven't been here for a while. But uh, yeah, so like I said, for, for a tryout issue and fill in, it's not all that bad. Um, I will say, though, that Loki without his helmet looks a lot like the Submariner. <laughs> he's, he's, no wonder he went to Atlantis. Um, he's got the, the, the Submariner hair, and it even looks like he has the pointy ears. Um, so, yeah. What, well, make of it what you will, I guess. Uh, maybe Loki has had a hairstyle change in the last thousand years. Who knows? I suppose I should look and see if Richana Zeski has ever done anything else. Doing a quick Google search, I can see that, that Rich, Zan is, Rich uh, Yanizowski did not have a long career in comics. It looks like he was 
mainly active right around this period and a little bit later. Um, late 80s, very early 90s. He drew, looks like, uh, an Iron Man issue. He did a couple annuals, Avengers annual, Captain America annual, FF annual, Thor annual, uh, and did a couple issues of Thunderstrike, and that's pretty much it. Uh, so, yeah, it was not a, uh, not a penciler that stuck around for a while for whatever reason. Uh, maybe he was bad on deadlines, or maybe they just thought, okay, he hasn't improved enough. I don't really know. But anyway, yeah, uh, I do see that, that he did some other things. And it looks like he was the co-creator of a character called Samurai Steel, uh, who I'm not really sure if that character has gone on to any any major appearances, but uh, was certainly uh, looks like he was created for this Iron Man issue. All right, so that's about it for this show. Hey, thanks for listening, folks. We really do appreciate it. And like I said, you can reach out to us if you want to and uh, give us some feedback. We really like that. And uh, as always, uh, take it easy, stay safe, and don't, don't go out getting COVID. We don't want that. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.